Welcome to episode 55 of The Route, presented by Jobs in Sports. The Route is a glorified sports business coffee chat that has a new guest every episode as they share their experiences and route in sports. I'm Christopher Nascimento, and let's get started. On today's episode, we have a very special guest in the sense that it's actually someone I know uh, fairly well uh, from my time at Athletico Ottawa. You know, today's guest, Nick, like I just mentioned, we worked together at Athletico Ottawa, and, you know, we numerous, numerous video calls every day, phone calls, as well as, you know, maybe going to training or going to different, uh, you know, projects around the city. So that was a lot of fun. Got to know Nick fairly well, and, you know, he's a great guy, and I think the advice he's going to be giving uh you know, later on, his interviews can be some some things that a lot of people can take away from. So I'm excited for that. But before we, we get into that, just a few things I want to touch on. The big news, I guess, here, if you follow us on social at Whale Whale Marketing, the company um, social media handle, is that we're back on streaming. So for those of you that have been following us for a while now, we, we streamed back in the summer on PS4, but we stopped that, um, you know, in, until the, the new generations came out. Um, we happened to get a PS5, uh, luckily, because I know how hard they are. So we got one of those. We're, we're planning some things out and what we can do, whether it's, you know, streaming one-on-one with people, just regular game streaming, maybe a tournament again, different things like that. Um, so stay tuned. You can follow us at White Whale Marketing at, on YouTube, Twitch, or even send us a friend request on PSN. And uh, hopefully uh, we can connect soon and come up with new content for you guys. So that's the big exciting news that's available now. Additionally, um, you know, our, our, it looks like our TikTok is starting to, to get some traction. So that's pretty exciting. That's at the route sports on TikTok. You can find similar types of content on social media, on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, anything else. And I think that's all I'll say um, before today's interview. And... The one thing I'll say before we get into it is don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and or follow it depending on your platform. And additionally, if you can leave a five star um, review on it, that's great help as, you know, just allows the podcast to grow a bit better and uh, become more discoverable for others. So I appreciate that. Let you do that for a few seconds. And now let's get into it. I'd now like to welcome someone who I've been fortunate enough to work with and who has climbed the ranks in the Ottawa sports industry from an entry-level sales position to currently being the director of ticketing at Atletico Ottawa, Nicholas Ryan. Welcome to The Route. How's it going? Hey, Chris. Uh, it's going very well. It's going very well. I'm excited to uh, chat with you. It's been a, a few months since we, we talked last, so thanks thanks for having me on. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for joining. And the way I like to start every single podcast is just diving into everyone's route. So if you could take us from you know maybe where you went to school and how you got to your current position... Uh, that'd be a great way to start. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's been a, a fun journey for me. Um, I grew up in, in Oshawa, Ontario, um, and moved to Ottawa in 2010. Uh, went to Algonquin College, and I enrolled in the business marketing program, uh, which is a two-year two year diploma program focused mainly on uh, learning the ins and outs of, of marketing and what that entails and, and the different uh, routes and avenues you can take within that industry, as well as a, a large focus on on business, running your own business, sales, um, and just really how to how to act and conduct yourself in, in a professional environment, um, which is something I 
you know, growing up, you, you don't know a lot about if your parents aren't in business. You know, I had parents that were um, in the service industry and and uh, in working in a factory at, at General Motors in Oshawa, which, you know, a typical story. Yeah. Um, so going into that program, it was uh, I had a lot to learn about how to how to be a, a business professional. I always told my parents I wanted to wear a suit when I grow up. So um, that's that's what I focused on. Um so once I finished uh, a two-year diploma, which would have been in, in 2012, I took a, a postgraduate uh, program, again, at Algonquin College. It was called uh, Marketing and Business Intelligence Research. So it's mainly focused on uh, surveys, focus groups, quantitative, qualitative research, um, as well as the, the business intelligence side of things, analyzing data, um, which has now become a, a huge portion of the sports world. Um, with you know the movies like Moneyball and things like that, it's really really yeah. become a way to to build teams. Um, but what I learned from that program is I I am not a huge fan of the the behind the scenes kind of stuff. I, I'd rather be um, out there talking to people, and um, it gave me the opportunity to assess. Okay, did I did I love the you know the business acumen side of things and the sales side of things I learned in the first program, or do I like the you know, the, the crunching number side of things that I learned in the second program and um, gave me an opportunity to assess and see where I wanted to go. So um, after that program, which was a full year with an internship, I did an internship with uh, with actually with Algonquin College. So everything was all finished there. And that would have been about 2013. Um, and then I was looking to see what I wanted to do. Um, you know, I took some time to just took an easy job, did some landscaping stuff, some stuff I had experience with in the past and really just had fun for, you know, about a year. And then I decided I, I got to, you know, at least dip my toes into what uh, what I was studying in school. So I, I, I wanted to focus on sports. I knew I always loved sports, grew up playing hockey, lacrosse, um, soccer, all that kind of stuff, golfing a lot. So um, I, I ended up applying to Giant Bicycles, which is uh, the largest bicycle brand in the world. Um, they have a, a store here in Ottawa. So I ended up uh, running a small uh, sales team there after about a year of, of being on the sales floor. Um, so I was there for about, we call it like three seasons, kind of like the sports world, three bicycle seasons. Um, and at the end of the third one, I found myself um, you know, I, I, I'd received raises, promotions, and I, I was basically running the, um, our flagship store here in Ottawa. Um, and there was really nowhere else to go. So I started looking at, uh, actually went on a trip, um, to Europe, traveled all around Europe for about a month and then, uh, you know, came back and started looking for, for new jobs. And then, uh, I guess it would have been February of 2016, I think maybe 2017, um, I started at the, the Ottawa Fury, um, and I got brought on as a eight month contract as a, a ticket sales specialist for specifically the Ottawa Fury. Now going into this, I didn't, uh, even really know that, that these types of ticketing jobs existed. Um, yeah. kind of, uh, a, a, a weird thing to get into. I didn't realize people were buying tickets in, in bulk, uh, in groups and, and calling people to buy tickets. I mean, for me, a ticketing experience started with, uh, going to sunrise records at the Oshawa mall and like standing in line to get tickets. And then after that, it was like, okay, 
know, refresh Ticketmaster a hundred times to try and get tickets to certain events. Um, and then it was like, okay, maybe using StubHub to get tickets, but I never, never thought of maybe actually calling the team to get tickets. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so eight month contract started at the Fury. Um, I, I started doing pretty well. I, I hit my goal in the first, uh, the first six months of actually working for the team, um, which, which gave me the opportunity to go full time. And that was right around when we hosted the Grey Cup here in Ottawa. Um, so I got to be a part of the whole Grey Cup hosting team, as well as I, I transitioned from a contract to a full time position. And then I was, uh, I was at OSEG for about a year and 10 months, just, just under two years. We did the, you know, two Fury seasons, one 67 season and two red black seasons, as well as a Grey Cup. So um, a lot jammed into uh, a two-year experience with a, an organization. Um, and from there, I, you know, I was kind of getting a little bit frustrated with how much I was working and, and you know, sports is sports is the way sports is and in the way it's, you know, lots of hours in and yeah, you got to love it to be a part of it because uh, often the pay doesn't equal the hours you put in. Um, so I started looking for new opportunities and, and, you know, came across something at the Ottawa Senators. I actually had a friend who worked there um, who put me in contact with the right person over there as I was, in my opinion, the top group salesperson at OSAG. Um, so I ended up applying for a group sales job with the Senators. The next, you know, step within the city, go from a CFL franchise to an NHL franchise. Um, so then I was at the Senators for two hockey seasons. Uh, first season being in uh, 2018. So I started September 2018. And learned a lot there, a lot different than OSEG, um, a lot different responsibilities and, and attitude over there. Um, there, you know, Sens were in a bit of a dark period with attendance and um, after, you know, trading away some of their best players and uh, coming last in the, in the standings. So um, it was it was a little different starting there versus being at OSEG. But, you know, it was a great, great first season. Um, didn't hit my targets there in terms of sales, but, you know, did get a late start. So um, going into next year, my goal was obviously, which would have been the 2020 year, um, to, to hit my target and to, um, you know, grow the group sales team and, and our group sales numbers as best we could as the, the senators have always been known to have some of the best group sales numbers in the NHL. Um, so going into there, I worked the second season, which would have been the 2020 season right up until the, uh, the COVID shutdown. Um, and actually had hit my target before I, before I left there. And, um, basically, you know, the, the athletic Ottawa was announced January of 2020. And immediately I reached out to, uh, to Jeff Hunt, who I had a bit of a, a working relationship with through working at OSAG and, and told him I was interested in being involved in soccer in Ottawa. Um, it was what I first got into in sports in Ottawa with the fury and where, uh, where a lot of my passion lied. Um, so I got kind of lucky as I transitioned from uh, the COVID shutdown. And literally my last day at the Senators was, I believe, it was March 16th, which was basically the day everyone started working from home. So yeah. uh, in March of 2020, I, I started working from home for Atletico Ottawa and you know hoping we'd be moving into an office as of April 1st when the whole COVID thing went away. But um, here we are however many months later, 10 months later, where uh, we're still involved in the, the full pandemic and been working on this new franchise in Ottawa since uh, 
since then in in the basement. So it's been a, an interesting journey and, and definitely a transition in responsibilities as I went from account manager group sales to director of ticketing with, with the new team. Um, unfortunately, there hasn't been a ton of tickets to sell. Um, so still, still looking for the first crack at that, but, um, you know, we were able to have our, our first season, which you were involved with Chris and, and helping us with marketing and, and, uh, media relations and, and really doing a lot of stuff for us. And, um, it was, it was, you know, better than I expected in terms of a, a bubble experience. If anyone doesn't know the Canadian premier league went into, uh, uh, basically two month long bubble in uh, Prince Edward Island, Charlottetown and, and played, we played seven games there as our first season. We ended up uh, winning a few and came just short of the, uh, the, the second round. And um, now basically we're, we're transitioning into prepping for hopefully a, a full semi-normal season in, in 2021, starting in, starting in May. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, that, that's a great story and I'm, I'm going to dive into it a bit more, but I want to kind of go back to the beginning and you're saying how, you know, you're always interested in wearing, you know, a suit one day, right. For a career. And you touched on how, um, your family's background was in the services at GM and, um, you really needed to learn how to become a business professional. And I wanted to dive into that because, um, there's been podcasts I've talked about this, where let's say you go from high school to university. As soon as you enter a business program, in university or college, you know, there's wine and cheeses, there's networking nights, there's, um, you know, events at, um, at, you know, accounting firms, things like that. But no one really teaches you how to kind of operate in those um, settings. So it's kind of wondering what kind of things did you do and what kind of things could you share to, to those listening that are kind of going through that now? Yeah, um, good question. And and to be 100% honest with you, there was a class that I had at Algonquin College, college and it was called skills transferable to business and it wasn't um necessarily about um you know learning math or or learning a specific discipline it was literally you know where how to eat properly at a a formal dining table you'd learn things like that um and it was for me one of the most valuable classes i took because I was fairly comfortable with doing, you know, like an English class or an accounting class or a, a, a math class or, a, you know, a integrated marketing communications class, like all that stuff. It came to me fairly, um, not easily, but like it was easy to just put in that work and, and get fairly good grades. But mm-hmm. this type of class um, taught me things I never thought about before, never knew before, things they don't teach you in high school, things they don't teach you growing up. And if you don't, have, uh, you know, maybe parents that are, uh, let's say, vice presidents or executives or managers or um, work in an office setting, it's stuff Mm -hmm. you may, you may never learn. Um, So definitely, being at Algonquin, what what they made you do was, um, when you do presentation, which I know a lot of universities do, and and everyone kind of does it, but um, something, again, just flicked a switch in my head was, okay, you got to come in your suit to class to present. So now, um, and it was always, uh, you know, you got to shut your computer when people are presenting. And and now when I personally go into um, either, you know, maybe you're on a panel watching people present, if people don't come in a suit or come up dressed, you know, to impress, then, then I'm kind of like, oh, well, did you really care about this presentation that much? Or yeah. if I'm coming to present to people, I've often asked classes, which again, 
I'm just a guest in their class. I just say, hey, guys, do you mind shutting your computers? Like, I'm taking time out of my day to to present to you. Do you mind, uh, you know, just just shutting your computer and, and listen for 20 minutes? Um, so I think there's a couple takeaways from that in the way that, um, you know, put your best foot forward in the way that, you know, you don't know who you're presenting to and how they're going to perceive you if you if you don't put the effort in to um, show that you're, you're ready to, to do anything and, and, you know, dive into anything, even as simple as wearing a suit to, uh, to a presentation, then, um, people are going to notice that. And then same with, you know, it's as simple as just active listening when, when you're watching a presentation, right. Um, and it's going to get you that much further. Say you're interested in, in a guest presenter coming to your, your class because you're, they're in the sports world and you want to be in the sports world as simple as shutting your computer and maybe asking a question is going to get you that, that one step further to making that connection and, and building your network. Right. Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree with that. And, you know, you're kind of touching on, you know, speaking to the different classes, right? So clearly you're interacting with, um, you know, the next generation of sports business professionals and, you know, often it's time and said, whether it's on this podcast or people I speak to, or just, you know, anywhere um, within the sports industry, um, sales is oftentimes the greatest way to get into uh, an organization or into a specific league or any type of thing like that. So when you're, you know, um, communicating with all these different students that are, you know, they're trying to get into the industry, they're, um, you know, they're, they're likely going to go for a sales job. What type of things do you tell them to say, hey, like, this is how you get in. This is how you, you make a, an impact and, you know, make sure you're, you're able to rise like yourself. Yeah. I feel fairly lucky in the way I was able to uh, to enter into the sports world because I didn't take one of the sports business programs at, at the universities or colleges in, in Ontario or Quebec or Canada um, that give you that direct step almost right into the sports industry. Um, I also didn't have to do uh, an internship to to get my feet wet in the sport, sports industry. I, I, I kind of just applied and had a great interview and, um, had, had a good sales background and, and that's, that's how it started. Um, so it's, it's, I've seen a lot of people come in and, you know, do internships and get positions and come from that sports background. And it, it honest to me, I don't see a lot of people who did it the way I did it. So, mm-hmm. um, I think there is definite value in taking that sports program and doing that internship. And it's, it's definitely difficult because a lot of them are unpaid. A lot of those sports programs are very expensive and being in the sports industry isn't necessarily going to help you pay back large student loans very fast. Um, But I think going back to your question, sales is a great way to start in the sports industry. Um, Mm -hmm. But sales is also a great way to get uh, turned off of the sports industry in another way as well. Because if you're not a salesperson, if you um, if you don't like cold calling people or um, meeting face to face or um, being at every single game and and you know going up and down the aisles to find your clients to talk to them, um, you're you're not going to want to be in the sports industry because everyone says, oh, get in the sales and then you'll you'll work your way from there. And it, it does work for some people, but it doesn't work for other people. And I think there's there's a lot of different avenues and ways to get into the sports industry in, in different facets. You know, I, like I've seen friends who they're huge sports fans, but they work in HR in the sports industry. You know, they took HR and, and they still get to come to all the games. They still get to, 
you know, party at the Christmas party. And, and, and when we win the championship, they still get to have a great time at the championship party, but they're, they're in HR. They don't have to worry about selling. They work all internally or, you know, another friend who he, he works in finance. He's just, he, he runs numbers for the, for the teams. Right. And, and there's many different ways to get into it. I don't think it, you should pigeon yourself into pigeonhole yourself into being a, you know, you need to be in sales to get in the sports industry. I think, I think, find what you're you're going to like and get and, and you think you might be good at and and apply for those types of jobs now they do come up less frequently and maybe it comes into taking a sport uh you know a sales job for eight months and and getting to know the people in hr and then and then going from there um but i don't think you know sales isn't the only way to do it that's for sure yeah no that, that makes sense and i guess kind of going back to the beginning when you're with you know the fury and you kind of got you know your feet wet and you're in the door um, you know, I think you said within the first six months you you reached your target, correct? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So, do you mind maybe sharing how you were able to, like, what types of things did you do to, you know, maybe meet your first target and how to, you know, achieve that and what type of tips you would have for that? Yeah. Um. I mean, at uh, at OSAG, we had a a great training program. Um. I I never sold over the phone before. Um, you know, I was always selling in person, which I think set me up for uh, success in that way as well, because I took my stand stance of selling in person and, and transferred it to selling over the phone. Whereas a lot of people, you know, learn by selling over the phone and then have, you know, infrequent in-person meetings to sell. Whereas I was always selling face to face cut, you know, customers will come in and, and, and I talk to them and, and find out what they need and want. And then recommend something based on that. Um, so when I was, when I was tasked with selling over the phone, it was a whole new learning curve where we had, which a lot of sales teams don't do this. A lot of sports organizations don't do this, but I had, uh, you know, a week and a half of training before I even got on the phone. We were listening to recorded calls of ourselves and, and dissecting them and taking out, um, you know, words we don't need and, and calling each other out for saying the word just, or, um, you know, I'm just calling, I'm just reaching out to you. It, it was, it was a little friendly competition as the, there were five of us hired at the time. And, and the other thing is we were hired at the right time where we had about a month before we really needed to start selling for the season because season mm-hmm. tickets had already been sold. You know, we, we, we got hired in February. So we had about one month until March, which March is when you really want to kind of hit the phones hard for an April season start um, for, you know, your, your casual and, and groups um, tickets. So I think it really just came down to putting myself out there. Like I would receive lists and I'd make, you know, 50 calls a day, 30 calls a day, 20 calls a day, and, and just keep hammering on people. Whereas other people weren't as maybe committed in that fashion. Um, as well as there's definitely a little bit of luck involved. You get the the right clients on your list, you know, that that um, maybe some of your colleagues didn't get and uh, that, that they're more ready to buy or they're, um, you know, let's say returning customers. Um, so definitely there's a few different things that came into it, but I think it, it all came down to putting yourself out there, taking what you learned in school and actually applying it um, and actually putting in the work. Like sales is one of those, especially in ticketing, the work you put in, the more irons you have in the fire are going to help you reach your target quicker and, and attain your goals faster. 
And you also have, um, you know, when your boss and manager see you, see you doing this, whether you hit your target or not, they're seeing you put in the work. So I think, you know, that job would have came whether I, whether I hit my target or not, because I was, I was putting in the work that I was showing the, uh, you know, the effort that I was putting in. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, that's all super interesting. And one of the other unique things of your, you know, your career, right? When you take a step back, you can see how you, you really climb through the ranks, like I said in the intro, right? And, you know, you've mentioned how you're able to, you know, meet the different targets, you know, achieve these different objectives. But clearly there's, you know, something else. There's other intangibles that allow you to, you know, climb the ranks. So do you mind maybe touching on, you know, what types of things were you able to maybe add to your skill set or, um, you know, do to kind of climb through, uh, you know, the corporate ladder, I guess you could say. Yeah. Um, this is a bit, of, I, I mean, a fault and a, a great thing is always being available. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, to be honest, I'm always the, at least in the past, maybe I've lost a little bit that of, of this now, but, um, you know, in the first few years, it was always, I'm the first person to volunteer for anything, you know, anyone that needs help, uh, in other departments, anyone that, you know, you need to, there's a one-off event that's happening on a Saturday, the one Saturday you don't have games for the next three months. And I would always volunteer. Um, so those sorts of things, people start to notice. Um, I also, you know, you're always able to, a lot of people go into a meeting, especially when you're, you know, a first time business professional, or you hadn't really been in the setting before. And, you know, you sit there quiet and you let other people talk and, and your manager talks and then, you know, anyone have any questions and no one says anything. Everyone's been in these meetings. Mm-hmm. Um, I often was the person to, to talk, to ask questions, to say my opinion. Um, and, and then you feel, you know, you feel heard, you feel justified and, and, and your managers and people know that as well. Right. So yeah. um, always being a, you know, at the first, at the senators and at OSAG, I, I wasn't a manager I, I didn't, you know, oversee anyone other than maybe an intern. Um, but I always made sure my my opinions, the way I felt, the way I thought it should be was known. And I always made sure that people know I'm, I'm there to help. I'm available. Um, so I find if you do if you do your job well and then you do a few other things well, like, you know, being a, a team player and, um, you know, sharing your expertise, expertise, sharing your knowledge, whether it's right or not, or whether it's accepted by your uh, colleagues or not, I think we'll, we'll put you further ahead. Um, everyone's been in those, those meetings where, or, you know, had people on their sales team where everyone's in the room and they never say anything. I haven't seen those people get, um, you know, excel in their, in their careers really. Mm-hmm. Oh, that, that, that makes a lot of sense. And um, yeah, you know, obviously, you know, when, when you just think of someone who's going to be a manager, you want someone who's, you know, able to know speak up in the meetings or even uh, as, as a director as well so that, that does for sure make some sense and I, I, another question i often have throughout these podcasts because you know it's something that the listeners would would have in mind as well is you know how are you constantly able to you know maneuver throughout these different organizations was it through maybe just networking having a friend in the company or simply just applying i think the first you know, usually the first way you get in, you get a little lucky, you apply, um, you know, maybe you start as an intern, where again, you get a little lucky, you apply for an internship. Um, but for me, it was, I, I saw a job opportunity at, at OSAG. I learned a lot about OSAG. I had been to a few games in the past and I was like, 
you know, this, I honestly had my mindset on the, the first job that I got with the, the Fury for probably about two months. I told everyone, I was like, I'm going to get this job. I know I'm going to get it. I got an interview. I felt really good after the interview. I got it. Um, and then, you know, I thought when I first was working there, I was like, I'm never going to quit this place. This is the best place to work ever. Um, and that changed pretty quick because I saw, I started to learn more about the industry and and how to, um, let's say move up and and gain different experience. Um, Mm -hmm. and then in Ottawa, the sports world is, is very, very small. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, if you, if you worked at the senators and, uh, OSAG in Ottawa, you probably know sports professionals from all around uh, Ontario and Canada just by association with those two organizations because people have moved so much around the sports world in Canada and um, in Ontario and in Ottawa. So um, I was lucky to have have a friend who I actually worked with at OSEG who had moved to the Senators who um, said, hey, Nick, there, there's a, a group sales job opening here. I know you're a great group sales guy. Like, you should apply if you want to move. And I was kind of at the point with, with OSEG where, like I said earlier, I felt like, um, you know, I was working a lot and uh, not being as compensated as I hoped to be. And I felt like I had really accomplished what I needed to accomplish there in my role. And if I was to stay another year, I would literally just be trying to do the same thing over again, replicate what I did in the past, mm-hmm. um, which wasn't going to help me further in my career. So I, you know, I think the most important thing when you're, when you're changing jobs, you know, you apply to it and then you or one of the most, most nerve wracking days of my life was probably when I, uh, when I gave my two weeks at OSEG, because I was like, I've never done this before. I've never quit. I feel like I'm quitting. I've never quit before. Like, you know what I mean? Um, so, um, went in, you know, gave your two weeks and, and, because you did everything, let's say, right along the way, or you were that person that, um, you know, your organization expected you to be leaving an organization is super easy. Um, you know, you, you give your two weeks and, and you maybe see a bit of disappointment on your manager's face because they know they're losing a good team player. Um, and then all you hear after that is, you know, anytime you need a job or you want to come back, you know, let us know. We'd love to have you back. Right. Yeah. Um, and then the funny thing about sports in Ottawa is, yeah, I left that organization, but I still see those people all the time. I'm still always at their events. I, I still have friends I hang out with all the time that I worked with there. Um, yeah. And then moving to the Senators, it was the same type of thing. You know, I went in, I did very well for, for two seasons. Um, and uh, again, a very nerve wracking day, a little less nerve wracking because I had done it in the past. Um, and I knew that what I was, what I was getting, what I was moving to at Atletico was, was a big bump in, in experience and everything. So, Mm -hmm. um, again, put in the two weeks and it was, uh, you know, well, I'm really sad to see you go. If you ever want to come back, let us know. We'd love to have you. And, uh, you just don't burn any bridges. You, you put in the effort up until the last day and then you, you move on. Yeah, for sure. And I guess the kind of, you kind of touched on perfectly, right? Where you kind of went just through your whole career there and saying how you were able to, to kind of move around. And maybe just like looking back at your career now, you know, when you're going to be 90, looking back, you know, on your rocking chair, what's something that's taken place throughout your career in sports that, you know, you're going to be like, wow, I can't believe I was able to, to do that for a living. Yeah. Um, 
I love rocking chairs. So I'm happy you said that. I'm a huge <laughs> rocking yeah. chair guy. Um, my grandparents have a rocking chair, and I'm I'm uh, my name's on it for when they they decide to uh, leave this earth. I'm like, I need this rocking chair. <laughs> um, <laughs> my grandma has one too. A little off topic, but yeah. Um, so uh, what do I what am I going to look back on when I'm in this said rocking chair? Um, I mean. To be honest, I hope that there's 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 many memories that I don't know that I'm gonna have that I'm gonna be able to look back on. Sure. Um, I've never been on a team that's that's won a championship yet. I started at the Red Blacks, you know, four months after they won the championship. Mm-hmm. So um, I hope that I get a team that that wins a championship, you know, in the near future, preferably. But I yeah. do have two uh, two stories I'm, I, I'd love to share that definitely I'll. Um, I'll, I'll look back on and, you know, know that those were, those were pretty cool events that I, I got to do. And, and to be honest, there's, there's a lot more that are, um, let's say more, more of things I accomplished. They weren't like, this was so cool to experience, but things I did that, that were, you know, big revenue drivers or cool events that I actually got to put on where you had every, facet of the company working together to make this one event happen and, and you organize the entire thing. Um, yeah, so sure. there's some cool ones there as well, but definitely this one uh, takes it also. I had been working about at the senators for about um, uh, two months. And when I got hired, I already had a trip booked to Europe. Um, so I, I took two and a half weeks off three weeks after I got hired um and they you know it was, it was okay i i told them this in the interview all that. um and then i got back and i was back for about a week and my boss calls me in the room and she's like what are you doing this weekend and i was like oh, i don't know probably just hanging out at home i just got back from europe for three weeks so i'm happy to be home yeah. and then she she's like well do you want to go to uh to north bay and i'm like what do you mean and she's <laughs> like well there's a there's a Chris Neal uh, appreciation night uh, in North Bay, North Bay battalion. Um, And I was like, uh, maybe what's like, can you give me some details? And so basically what the plan was is our mascot, uh, Sparty, uh, Sparty cat, um, Chris Neal, myself, and uh, one of our content guys was tasked with going to North Bay they had a Saturday night game that was Chris Neal night and they were honoring Chris Neal's, uh, you know, NHL. And he played for the North Bay battalion, I think for three seasons when he was in the OHL as like a, a an alumni member. Right. Mm-hmm. So he did the whole drop the puck. They had all member, member, memorable video. They didn't raise him to the rafters, but it was just a celebration of him. So um, we got to, I just remember hopping in the, the rental car um, and, and Chris Neal's there and he's like, well, boys, we're we're all back together, and I'm traveling. This just like feels like I'm back on the team. And I'm like, I've been at the Senators for a month, and I'm like, Chris Neal just told me I'm on his team. I was like, this is so cool. <laughs> yeah. um, so then we ended up going uh, to North Bay. Uh, you know, we we stayed in the Holiday Inn, and then we all went to uh, to the game, and they had a big autograph uh, signing. So I was with Chris Neal during the autograph signing. You know, making sure people don't don't crowd around him too much. Um, then we had Sparty ripping around at the games, going, going everywhere on ice, off ice. 
And then uh, the the guys hosting us from the battalion brought us up to this one guy's suite, and he was their their Molson Canadian rep. So mm-hmm. we ended up staying in the the Molson Canadian rep suite until like you know two hours after the game had finished and had a bunch of drinks and and then uh, one of Chris Neal's buddies from when he was a kid playing in the OHL came and picked us up from the rink and brought us to some bar downtown and then we partied for another two hours with Chris Neal <laughs> bar downtown. And then we all went back to the hotel and then we woke up the next morning and I'm like pretty hungover and everyone's and Chris Neal's just ready to go again. Like, Let's go to Tim Hortons. And then we had to do a bunch of uh, um, little, little videos at these little rinks on the way home. So we had to stop at two places where we gave, they do like uh, the, they're called little sends and they, they give all, all the kids equipment and all the kids, their jerseys and things like that. So that was a really cool, uh, really cool experience for me. The other one was probably, um, we got to go to the the CFL awards mm-hmm. um, when the when the Grey Cup was here, and uh, Jay Onright hosted it, and it was definitely like it was a three hundred dollar per person event, and we just got free tickets, and I got to sit second row at the CFL awards, um, which which was pretty sweet. And I remember I went to go get a drink, and because uh, it was open bar, open food, mm-hmm. everything, and I, I'm standing there, and there's a guy in front of me, and he turns around, and he's like, "Hey, Nick," and I'm like what who's this and it's henry burris who remembered my name and i was like yeah. this is awesome how does he even know who i am like i met him twice one time was yeah. at dunn's downtown at three in the morning the other time was in the office and he knew my name <laughs> yeah crazy so those uh, were those were yeah those are amazing stories and uh, i'm surprised i didn't hear uh, the chris neal one when we were working and having all those meetings every single day but uh yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, that's good stuff. And uh, thanks for sharing that. But yeah, so the last thing I'd like to ask every single guest um, after, you know, they share their unique stories is um, advice, right? Whether it's what type of advice would you have, whether it's career related life for, you know, a younger version of yourself, someone listening, or even if you have something for me, what's something you'd share? Yeah, thanks. Um, I mean, thanks for, for having me and um, you know, doing this with all, all sports professionals. I think it's awesome. Um, any advice? I mean, I think most of uh, what we've been talking about, there's been a lot of uh, a lot of free advice involved for me here. Um, yeah. But uh, I think I think number one out of all of this is is just keep putting in the work. Don't uh, don't give up on on what you want to do. Um, and maybe you'll get there and learn that's not what you wanted to do, but at least you got there and accomplished what you were where you were trying to go and what you were trying to get to. So I think it's it's really important to just keep putting in the work, keep pushing to, to where you want to get to. And eventually I think if you put your mind to it and you're a hard worker, you will get there. And, and there's, there's more opportunity than you think within the sports industry. There's uh, there's, there's lots of awesome things going on, especially in this city where there's um, opportunity all around in Ottawa. And um, I think just, just keep putting in the work. Yeah, absolutely. That's uh, you know, couldn't set it better myself. And, I think that's a great way to also end the episode. So thank you so much for, for coming on and taking the time. And it's always good chatting with you. Yeah. Thanks, Chris. It's uh, awesome to, to chat with you again. And I know we'll be, we'll be speaking lots in the future. So that concludes our interview with Nicholas Ryan, director of ticketing at Athletico Ottawa. Just want to thank Nick again for coming on the podcast. Um, man, I think I'm going to have to, you know, start inviting people that I know in my personal network a bit more onto the podcast, get all these great stories out of them. Right. But uh, hopefully you guys enjoyed it, and I think he, he shared some great advice and some amazing stories too, and little tidbits that he loves rocking chairs, right? So that's always good to find out. 
Um, yeah, but that's that's about it for today's interview slash episode. And other than that, stay tuned with what we're doing on the company page at White Whale MKTG. That's where we post some podcasts, streaming, all the different stuff that we do in regards to marketing. And uh, yeah, stay tuned for next episode and I hope you guys enjoy. Have a good one.